Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It's Super Bowl week. It's 545. This is the morning sickness. My name's John Holmberg. Hi there. There's Brady. Fresh off birthday boy weekend. There's Brett. And uh, Big Dig Toledo is here as well. Big birthday boy weekend, I assume, was yes. taking uh, taking you apart. The drinking, the drugging, the sex. Pizza oven. <laughs> you got a pizza oven? That's what I meant by sex for you. Uh, the pizza oven was uh, probably in full. It was capped uh, off How many yesterday? pizzas? You get the pizza oven on Thursday. How I've only pizzas? done three. That's it, totally. Yeah. You did two the first night. I did three the first night. Oh, that's it. Three little ones, yeah. You didn't abuse it this weekend? No, because oh we had uh, Top Golf the next day. Oh my gosh! Um, and then it capped off yesterday morning. Our buddy Eric Bryant dropped off some Iberico pork. Oh, nice it's Spanish pork. It's a this meat pack. It's a barbecue pack. Yeah, man, it looks. Give you a load of pork. It looks good. You haven't even tasted it's it. Frozen. You can just stare at frozen food and get. Oh, excited. I can That's... tell by the marbling. <laughs> Did you see the the? Passion in his eyes when I thought Salivating he ate it already, and he's just looking at a frozen ice bottle. Man, that's unbelievable! Is it? So I don't even know what that is. It's just fa- the face meat. No, the, it's color or whatever the, that's called. It's a Spanish uh, hog farm that raises these pigs and has. It's very oh, good. I see. I've never had it before. I've heard about illegal it. Mexican pigs. Brett, listen, <laughs> they're they're flying across the border, and Brady's eating them, plucking them off one at a time. Great work, Brady. A lot of people say you're a bad guy. It's better than Biden's plan. Brady will just try to eat all the migrants. <laughs> Look at that. Well, there you go. That sounds like a food-filled extravaganza for you. People just throwing frozen blocks of pork onto your door. and you expect anything good. less? No, I don't. I mean, I, yeah. Actually, exactly the answer I expected. Nothing better. Than frozen <laughs> blocks of pork flying at your home. Said no one but you. But all right. Yeah. You and Jelly Roll, I suppose, are the only two that think that's a good idea. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was af- I'm affected. Infected, I had, what? Uh, affected, All right. Brett, affected. I had a uh, had one of those dreams in the middle of the night that uh, yeah, uh, we're just doing our business here. It was just so real. I'm like wrestling with it even now. And my mom comes in with my first uh, like my first semester senior year report card. What is this? And it's a nightmare. It's terrible. I'm like, don't worry about it. And I'm, you know, 50 years old in the dream. It's today. Don't worry about it. John, straighten. Like, you're, this is terrible. And it's literally like D, F, F, F. I'm looking at it. And it's like, there's no way I'm graduating high school. I got to get on the ball here. So, like, within seconds, the dream transports me into this high school. All it was was this dream that everything you've ever worked for is about to be taken away from you by something that you never that's, finished. That's haunted you for ages, which was, you know, the stress uh, that has got to be. Because here I am, you know, 30 years later, the most stressful situation I've ever faced in my entire existence of just shutting it down. Like, it's over. That that dream was so real, it brought back every ounce of anxiety and weirdness and strange stress and pressure that I felt in high school. And my, all it took was my mom. And by the way, it was 1990, Marcy. Comes rolling around. 
with the with the report card around the Delta eighty eight. Yeah, she yeah, she else. was a ninety eight Regency oh, yeah, Prone. We had we had money for it. Straight, <laughs> please. We didn't go for the, the if, it's different chassis altogether. <laughs> it was on the Park Avenue, the Buick, but it was just, yeah, the car guy. Now, look, 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 I'm telling you right wow. now, I knew that vehicle. <laughs> it was it was a big deal when we rolled into George Drive and uh, had that thing. That was pretty nice. We had to move out of the neighborhood we were into. It was like all right, it's getting old. We're ahead of these <laughs> Too Tercel, over these here. Tercel yeah. people have got to get out of our lives. But yeah, so it was that 1990 Marcy comes in with that thing, and I woke up in just like a nightmare. Like, it's all over. If I don't get this done, like if I don't go back. But I graduated, so I had to keep, like, in my head, I'm like, you did Weird. it. You got out of there. Why does this still, like, creep up every once in a while? And it wrecked everything in my sleep. I, at like 3.33 a.m., I woke up just in pure panic. It's like, this sucks. My heart's racing. I'm like, this, I can't believe. And I went through. This dream felt like it was hours long. Back to Dobson. I didn't. I, nobody I knew was there. I got to go back in and finish this up real quick in order to save what, you know, what I've got now. It was crazy. I'm never, I, I guess, I've, it was a, the most extended period of stress you could ever imagine. And you feel like your life's going to end. And, of course, I was really wrong. But yeah, still affects you when you wake up. Still affects me. It was crazy, and I can't. Mine is uh, it probably reoccurred three times, maybe more, three or four. It's uh, I'm I'm back to sales when I've got to do the morning thing. It's almost like missing a class in school. Exactly, that's what this was. I'm missing it, and it's going to be, and it's all going away. What am I doing? Yeah, and you dream about something, and like that's over, right? And, And and like successfully over. It's not like you didn't do it. If I, I can't imagine what it would be like if I didn't graduate and had this, and then I still, you know, managed to, but I still had that on my, it's evidently, this doesn't fix that. It's weird. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what triggered it or what anything. You know what I think triggered it? Watching all that That's My Mama this weekend. <laughs> I honestly do. I, I honestly, oh my God, is that the best show ever? We'll get to that in a second. But it was this disappointment of mother. I don't know, some sort of weird psycho, you know, Norman Bates, don't disappoint your mother thing. It was so creepy, so weird. And it was just this, what felt to be a three-day dream that would never end. And it's still, it's on my head right now. Did you figure you are going to with Barbara after that? And, uh, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought Live maybe. with Marcy yeah. the rest of your life. It could happen. <laughs> I could go in there and just make it right with mom. Like, she's still upset. I, it's like, she doesn't care. I'm sure my mom doesn't have... You know, haunting dreams that her son isn't going to... Like, I'm fine. I don't know what it's like. It, it honestly was this... Uh, maybe it's just a human fear that we all have that all of this is going to get taken away. And maybe there's just something... Maybe that's middle age. I don't know what it is. I ain't middle age. I'm 104. That ain't happening. But it's just that weird, like, somebody's out to get all your stuff. Maybe that's just a common fear... That you can lose it all. Like it can all, like maybe appreciate what you got. I don't know how to analyze it, but I know it drove me nuts and I know it's sitting in my head right now. And you know, it's one of those things that it was such a real dream that I wake up feeling like it actually happened mm-hmm. and I've got a lot of patching up to do. <laughs> and I don't, but I have nothing to do. Ah, I'm screwed up, I tell you, screwed up from sleep. It's supposed to be peaceful. What the hell goes on in that brain of mine? And I used to have, when I worked in a restaurant, I, I had to move my bed away from a window because in the restaurant stress, if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know restaurant stress will attack you in the middle of the night. And I used to have dreams where I couldn't keep up 
with what was going on in the restaurant. And it was just this more and more and more and overwhelming and overwhelming. And I tried to go back into the kitchen and the swinging doors were stuck. And I absolutely had to get back there to get everything. I can hear people yelling my name and everything. And I had to, uh, I'm laying on the ground with two other servers and we're trying to kick the doors open. I woke up with my feet up on the window kicking. And I'm like, oh, I got to move my bed. <laughs> I'm going to kick glass out of that. I'm going to boot my window out. Insanity. Dreams. There should be an off switch. There should be a thing. Elon Musk should invent something for nighttime to go. Dreams. On, off tonight. What do you want? I want none. I want Maybe that zero. Neuralink will do that. It would be great. I envy the people that are like, I never remember my dreams. Mine are vivid. They're so real. They feel like they're actually happening. It gets into that thing. My friend who was a, uh, he ended up being a schizophrenic psychopath, but he had uh, multiple personality disorder. And that's essentially what he would tell me. He said, it's like, you ever have a dream that's so real you can't really tell it didn't happen? He goes, that was my every day. It was like people would show up and I'd chat with them and stuff. And I didn't know if that was a real thing or not after it happened. I'm like, oh, no. And so then real people would talk to me. And I didn't know if that was a real thing either. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. You're going to stab me. Then they did what any normal person would do. Stop hanging out with that guy. He's on his own. That's crazy. But, yeah, I think it stems from that's my mama. Catchy comedy, the network. I text Brett immediately. I'll tell you <laughs> when I text you. I, I remember I used to watch That's My Mama reruns. This is a show from the 19, early 1970s, 73, 74. Uh, I, when I was like 20, they started to rerun it some reason between The Tonight Show and Letterman. And I don't know why, but just at 1130 for about a year, That's My Mama ran. It only was on for two seasons. But I remember that's my mama coming on once at 11. I'm like, what in the world is this? It is the greatest tribute to Black History Month you could ever imagine. It's it's hilarious. I forgot how funny. It's so, I hate to use this word because it's jive. <laughs> well, they used saying? it quite a bit. They show, say so. jive. The best thing about the show is if you were a, if you were a woman in 1974, in an African-American community, you were getting sexually harassed for laughs, and it was happening to everyone. The opening credits of That's My Mama, which is about a guy who lives with his mother. He's in his mid-20s. He has a barber shop that's attached to the house. His best friend's Earl, the mailman. Mama's about 300 pounds of pure uh, uh, kindness and morality. And Mama is a beast. Oh, yeah. Homebirds, morning sickness. They smell, they're sticky, they say things that are horrible. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. In the opening credits, here's how you know what you're getting into. They're running through the barbershop, and Earl comes in to give uh, Clifton, the star, give him the mail. Mama walks through the barbershop, and Earl leans back and looks at Mama's huge ass. Like, you get a taste of what, if it's a female... It's getting harassed, like, in seconds. You walk into that house, there's a chance Clifton will just start making out with you. It's incredible. But there was a joke in it. I'm like, I got to call Brett. (laughs) Clifton is uh, upset because his brother-in-law has been singled out by someone to say he committed a crime that he didn't commit. And so he's in there with the the district attorney and, and, and mama. And the district attorney is a white guy. And Clifton goes... How are we supposed to know? The main witness is white. And all you whites think we look just alike like a Chinese waiter. 
<laughs> and then the white guy looks at him and goes, you guys think that too? And I'm like, oh, this is a show for Brett. <laughs> Not only did they insult the fact that all white people think all black people look alike, they compared it to how we both all think Chinese people all look alike. And I'm like, this is a better world. I was dying all weekend. It was like, okay, let's get back to that's my mama. I do a little thing around the house. That's my mama's on. Oh, it was phenomenal. So many funny, like, like, and Ted Lang, uh, Isaac, the bartender, oh, yeah. who plays a character called Junior, who's just a street informant, and he comes in. Gordon Jump, the big guy from KRP, is the cop. He hangs around the barbershop. He doesn't do anything because he's scared of black people. It is the <laughs> it is so funny. But the main thing I took away was, women, you blew it. Back in the day, all you had to do was deal with us coming on to you, and you got you got everything you ever wanted. There was nothing a woman on that show didn't get at all just for giving a wink back. But, I mean, it was immediate. Like, if a girl walked in the room, it would be like Ooh. if we all stopped and went, Mama, Damn. you better sit down right here because I'm about to kiss you. <laughs> it's like, wait, we didn't even introduce yourself first. That's just too far. It was the best. It was the best. They had, like, everything you could imagine as far as laughing at things and being fun. And everybody seemed happier. But it, And then I looked up who the writers were. All white guys, which was the weirdest thing in the world to think they were writing. Jive mama. This turkey over here. I'm like, some white guys at home writing that thing. Well, that sounds good. Here you go, black <laughs> people. I wrote you another script. It Jive was turkey awesome. was a popular combo, too. Jive turkey was all over this show. He jive. Brother, I tell you what, blood. You don't need to come back calling everybody blood. Instead of this chief and boss thing, I want a waiter to come up to me and go, what can I get for you, blood? <laughs> like, that was the coolest word. That's my mama. I, I spent seven, eight hours with That's My Mama on and off to, uh, this weekend. And it was just a better It was just a better time. TV sucks now. See, I don't remember it back in the day. Oh, there was no, there was no reason to remember. Yeah, it. It the only thing I remember was uh, in coming to America when Arsenio Hall is like, "You remember Randy Watson is Joe the policeman from that? What's going down <laughs> yeah. episode of That's My Mama? That's right. That's the only thing I remember. Randy about that. Watson. <laughs> His claim to fame was he got to play. And I didn't a bit even remember part. that reference. That's oh. the only thing I remember because I was like, "Is that really a show?" And yeah. Then, oh, yeah. it was a show. Yeah. All right. That's my mama's the best. This is Oscar's Barbershop. That's me, Clifton. That's my best friend, Earl. And then he's got a sister who's married to this guy who's named Leonard, who's just the nerdiest black guy in the world. And all they do is rip Leonard to shreds. And I'm like, this is when people were fun. Every single bit of it today is called problematic. The jokes are me. Oh, and then it just gets into just mama being a 300-pound woman. And anytime they're like, geez, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. The day your mama's 98 pounds is the day I'm going to deal with this. And then the whole place <laughs> would just erupt that this fat woman will never lose weight. Uh, he, always in trouble with the law. And then Mama be like, Clifton, I'm so worried about you. He goes, Mama, with you on my side, the scales of justice will never tip the other way. In the whole, and he's about to go to jail for, like, life, but he still makes a fat joke. I'm like, that's how TV needs. That's how we all need to act now. They weren't uptight about everything. People weren't losing their minds. White people laughed. Black people laughed. It was truly united. Now it's got to be all, you know. Fake nonsense and crap. That's my mama. I'm calling for it. How was it not a bigger hit back then? It was so good. And Earl the Mailman. And then the worst Did part you is... Say how, many, how many years? Two. It ran only two, two? two seasons. Seems longer. 74 to 76, almost. Was that after or before uh, what's happening? Uh, right, right, uh, I, they may have... Eh, pretty close to being okay. like overlapping, but not two. 
Very similar, though. Because that's what's happening. Had the big fat mom, yeah, yeah, and big fat Cheryl at the at the diner. Oh, it was, the, it was so great. So yeah, I want to get back to that. I want to have real because it felt real. It felt like that's how people actually spoke and felt. It's also very like uh, how I don't know. It was almost minstrel show stuff compared to today's treatment of everyone. But it was pretty great, and I spent a lot of time doing that. And I think that's where the dream stemmed from. That Clifton's whole goal was to never disappoint Mama, and then I'd had this dream where my mom was disappointed with me. So I watching Clifton try to make Mama happy the whole time. They had one episode where Clifton moved out. I was like, oh no, Mama lives alone, and Clifton moved in with his friend Freddie. I saw that one. Oh, all they did was have sex with yeah. every woman constantly. And if it didn't work out, they just broke up like immediately. If the one girl was uh, the best episode was the one girl shows up and she's Clifton's in love, like immediately kisses her like the second. And he's like, this girl's good. And Earl goes, you dating her? I knew her from Baltimore. She's a pushover Jenny. It's like, what? Finds out his best friend nailed her. The whole episode he's been in love. Finds out Earl nailed her. Goes over and he goes, you didn't tell me nothing about knowing Earl. And she goes, my past has nothing to do with what we're doing here, Clifton. And he goes, well, that's it. We're done. <laughs> and he t- tells everybody she's a whore, and that was it. And the whole episode was like, be honest about who you think. Like the whole, uh, even Mama came in and said, well, I have to be honest about that. If you've taken a lot of pipe, that's what you got to be, if you're a hoe. And from Earl. And it was like, and, and Earl, of all people, took it and banged her in Baltimore. It was her past. And the episode was, if you're a whore, be upfront about it. That was the moral of it. Uh, because she had tried to change her ways and be a little bit like, make... Clifton wait four dates before she took his pipe. 1974. It's like I had to wait four dates before, ooh, we're going to do anything. And he basically said, you know, I could pound anything I want. And she goes, but you can do it and I can't. He goes, it's different for a man. And then, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da, credits roll. And it's like, yep, that's true. Now get up. <laughs> Completely accurate. Now, ain't lying. Take that sloppy Arby's out of my house. Mama said you're a pig. But then he did the very kind thing at the end of the episode. Where he lied to her mother about why they broke up. And he said it was because his past. He wasn't honest about his past. And she just mouths out, thank you. Basically, I am a whore. Thanks for not telling my mom I'm a whore. I'm not going to defend myself. You're a gentleman I'm missing out on. I'm not going to defend myself. And I appreciate that. That was very nice of you. Even though you're dumping me because I'm a sloppy pig. (laughs) Who's just taking pipe like you can't imagine. She was hot, too. It was Jenny from uh, uh, the Jeffersons. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was good. The show is just fantastic. I want it to come back. I want a modern day That's My Mama and just watch people's heads explode with every joke. The second they made fun of Chinese waiters, I can't imagine what it would be like today if that joke was on. We all look alike to you, crackers, like a Chinese waiter. Oh, yeah, you guys noticed that too? And then they laughed together. Oh, we bonded over how the Asians all look the same. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I miss that episode. You know why it's great? It's because it still holds true. We're just not allowed to say that stuff anymore. <laughs> I've talked to black people. We all look alike to them. It's a good portion of that population that's confusing to us. Asians? Pff, forget it. <laughs> you can't. You get if, if an Asian guy tried to kill Brett and they did a six-man lineup, Damn. everybody's guilty. Hell yeah. I'm not getting in there like, which one did it? I'm like, I pick them. Any one of those guys could be guilty of this. But that's my mom who was like, is the best. And that was Catchy Comedy, the network's tribute to uh, Black History Month. 
And I thought, this is as good as it gets. This is that's proof that we all kind of love that idea. That, that, that was a tribute. Whereas today, if that show came out, it would be the most racist thing that's ever been on television. Not to white people. Like, black people would be mad at that. <laughs> that's how the portrayal went. Oh, it's the best. I miss old Well, people. Target ran into it over the weekend. Target had, uh, in celebration of Black History Month. Uh-oh. Like, you're talking about the yeah. similarities. Uh, they had these... Uh, Book of Magnets for Kids included civil rights leaders like Booker T. Washington. Oh, yeah. But they put the wrong names on at least three of them. Yeah, they, they just put a black a teacher <laughs> went and got the packet and just heard, hey, you got the... Uh, name Booker T. Washington. That's Rosa Parks, by the way. You missed all of it. They're no longer available, but right. white, uh, <laughs> a collector's item. Nowadays, if you're going to step into that arena, check, double check, and triple check your work. That's it. Pretty close to that one. No one's going to notice. Yeah, it just got a. It could be a printing error, but it was a confused. I saw the yeah. thing. It was Booker T. Washington had a crazy name under him. And then they showed the real picture of the guy and it didn't look anything like him. And it's like, oh, jeez. And then Target was all proud of themselves, chest puffed out. Look at what we've done for the Afro American. Wouldn't that be funny? Well, that's, I mean, that's Clifton Davis. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been Clifton. <laughs> Isn't that. Clifton from That's My Mama? That's not Booker <laughs> T. Washington. It's a picture of Clifton. Oh, and then every time Junior would walk in the room, he'd go, oh, and he'd start dancing for a second. And you're like, this is the best. People need to enter rooms this way. In fact, from here on out, in and honor of Black continues. History Month, I want every black friend I know, when they enter a room, to dance for a second and just go, and just go, and then the whole room starts That is going. amazing how there's the always best. a character, because that's uh, Jimmy J.J. Oh, J.J. was more of the star, though. But he would open the door, and there was like a... Oh, the crowd would go nuts, because yeah. he had moves. He had that yeah. thing, and then the dynamite. And- Holmberg's morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. Holmberg's morning sickness. Yeah, it's just better. It's better. It was a better time. I mean, take out all the real stuff that was going on in the world. Those it was just people were a little bit like more open with their thoughts. Now it's now it now we act like we are because the social media can. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's basically red China compared to the way it used to be. People would just speak and then woof, and then it would be over. Like nobody ever complained the next day that that's my mama was problematic. They went about their business. It's crazy. Uh, and then the Grammys were on last night. And I don't know if you guys watched that. But watched a little bit. Everybody's going to kill them. Enough. Yeah, it's just, a, it was a lot of Taylor Swift, and she needs to sit down. Uh, the good news was Taylor Swift uh, proved our point. She did not look, I thought her hair looked, <laughs> like I looked at her, I'm like, ugh. I didn't think she looked good at all. And that's the whole point of the the Grammys is that whole entrance and all the stuff. They just look bad. Uh, Dua looked amazing. I, I really like SZA. I think she's good. And then, you know, and I could just hear all of you guys moaning when the best rock album went to Boy Genius. And Boy Genius is a group of three folk singing girls. Who were they up against? They're excited. I don't know. It, it, it's, they don't know. But they had some, like, the best, it's bad enough, though, and again. Best rock album was This Is Why, Paramore. Yeah, that's the best um, hard rock album. And the Boy right? Genius best alternative music album. Yeah, they had something else with that. They did a rock single or something like that in Boy Genius one. Yeah, Taylor's hair, I didn't like her hair. 
I don't think. And again, the dress did nothing for me. She's not hot. Well, best rock performance. Best rock performance. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. She's just uh, olive oil. Don't get it. Again, if she wandered in the room, you'd be like, she's pretty. So Travis didn't show up. No, Travis is busy with Super Bowl stuff. Oh, Kurt he's Warner, got time. though, he's got time. It's Taylor for God's sake. I, I don't sakes. know if Kurt Warner's here in town uh, right now, but hey, Kurt, I saw you jumped on the everybody's a loser if they don't like tr- uh, this whole narrative that's going out now. Barkley's on it. Colin Coward's on it. Uh, Kurt Warner came out over the weekend, and it's like this weird NFL thing to say, "Oh, you're a loser if you don't like." I remember watching game day about a two or three weeks after the Taylor. Travis Kelsey relationship started, and Kurt Warner was the one that said, uh, this is going to be the place we avoid all that, right? I remember Kurt Warner making fun of the fact that it was getting out of hand early on. Now it now it feels like the big sell is on. All the big names are coming out saying, oh, by the way, if you've got a problem with it, you're a problem. Uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, the people countering it have pointed out uh, the NFL is so honest with themselves. There's an article talking about their charity work with Susan G. Komen, and then another one that's even better that the NFL, you know what's the NFL charges taxpayers for their salute to service month? It's gotten into the billions. That uh, basically, it's the National Guard money pays the NFL to do a tr- to do charity work for them for that month of you know salute service and the shirts and all that yeah. stuff. It is. It isn't. The NFL isn't doing that out of the kindness of their own hearts. We really do kind of have to examine what we're cheering for with the NFL. It is a paid for. It is all all crazy paid. You notice how they don't care about breast cancer anymore? That uh, Susan G. Komen kind of went away, and they don't get any money from them. They were. They were exactly right. They don't care about breast cancer. They never have. They they cared about getting a check and saying we care about breast cancer. Same thing with the military. If this check goes away. They could have salute to service month out of the kindness of their hearts. It costs like $5.2 billion so far for some sort of a, you know, when you guys talk about us, you're a pretty big, yeah, we're a pretty huge platform, so we'll pretend to love you. And then they sell it as not. And each the, team has their, uh, sometimes their own thing. Like it, like it always seems like Dallas is associated with Salvation Army. Oh, yeah, you can pay, do that too. For. And the, all of it's paid for. It's insane. They have. They have this weird kind of vibe that not only that, do they, they take credit for being the ones who are doing good. Uh, yeah, here's the number. Oh, it was 5.4 million was given to uh, 14 NFL teams across the country, the bulk of which is supplied by the National Guard and paid by the Army and Air Force on what's left. Not heartfelt salutes. Each player got to say something. That was what that was. But, but it wasn't for the military to come yeah. out and go, "Hey, by the way, thanks NFL." It was the uh, it's a it's an ad that gets them, you know, buys them players and basically says, "Hey, talk about service." And the players are not, you know, they're like, "Hey, I'll do anything." I don't think they're getting a ton of dough. They're not getting endorsement checks for it. The league just says, "Hey, you're forced to be uh, part of this. You have to wear." It. And if you notice in the gear, all the coaches have to wear the stuff that's for sale. Yep. For that, and but for this, you know, the services. You know, it seems like the reason why they're doing it, it keeps people uh, joining. Oh, it's a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete commercial. That's what Senator, with the, uh, the Senator Charities. Senator Flake wanted it stopped. It was in the, it was in some sort of a military bill. He's like, let's stop doing this. He goes, the public believes the NFL's doing it as a public service or sense of patriotism, but the whole thing should leave a bad taste in your mouth. 
Yeah, and then the NFL goes out and tries to tell you, I know we did it, and I know you're sick of it, but you're a loser for being sick of it. Even though we said it, Tony Dungy, Al Michaels, all these guys early on were like, enough with the Taylor Swift stuff. Now it's the NFL's message that we suck if we're not fans of it. It's a whole soap opera. It's a business. They don't care about you. They're they going to do what yes. they're going to do. And it and it hurts. Cause, it does. Because we love it so they much. They on our loyalties. Yeah. yeah. But they know they got us by the balls, so they don't care. It's like your wife being a hooker. She makes you pay every once in a while and reminds you, hey, by the way, there's other suitors here. I'm yeah. not really into you. I'll stay so long as the checks keep coming. But once they're gone, this is over, and I have no feelings for you at all. It's like, oh, okay, you're just pretending. Absolutely. But you better be loyal to me. Oh, yeah. Or you're a loser. And I started to, it's, it did, it started to make my stomach kind of churn. I'm like, I love football so much. And it's just like every once in a while that reminder pops out. But watching the game. I just want to appreciate the, what you love about it. I just want to watch this game. I want to watch them compete. Yeah. I want to see my team win. Right. But then the side sure. soap opera stories. And the Grammys last night, even Trevor Noah, the host, made reference to how Taylor Swift's all over the NFL. And everything. So everybody can say it outside of the NFL. NFL has to act like it's awesome. Uh, they made jokes about it last night, but yeah, I. Uh, it just seemed like so many fake smiles when she went up. And, oh, there was a lot of fake smiling then, last night. A lot this of. This is my thirteenth Grammy, oh, and by the th- way, I just wanted to say that was a kick to the nuts to Miley Cyrus oh, too, because Miley won her first one and said, "Oh my God, it's my first Grammy," and she won two, and she even in the middle of her song screamed, "And I just won a Grammy!" Like it was like it seemed a little bit pure, it's a big deal. Like it was a pure thing to her. Taylor goes up. It's my 13th Grammy, by the way. I got new music coming out secret. in April. I have a secret. Yeah, she, she basically told everyone. She sold her next. She's brilliant. I will give it to Taylor Swift. She's she's smart. She's a billionaire for a reason. But the, the saddest part of modern music is that the performance that stole the show last night, in my opinion, was Joni Mitchell. Man. Of all was- people. Joni Mitchell went up and did uh, Both Sides Now, which is a you know just a beautifully written classic old song. And uh, you don't know her story. If you know her story, Joni Mitchell got into a wreck 30, 40 years ago and had to learn how to rewalk. And then about 10 years ago, had a massive stroke and couldn't talk or walk and had to relearn to walk a second time in her life. And play. And speak. She doesn't play anymore. Not too often. If she does, it's very... But she sits with her cane. It's a struggle. She's 80. She had a stroke at 70. And then, uh, you know, got dusted off and... Brought back up on stage and did that song last night, and I'm like, "This is the this is the most emotional moment of the night." It was it was amazing. It was, cool. it was beautiful, and I'm like, "That says something." And then they followed it up, which I thought was a mistake with Travis Scott. Really, not necessarily the mix you're looking for. Nice but seg. Diverse, oh my gosh, diverse to to a I what mean, was Joni Mitchell into Travis Scott with a commercial break in between a tantrum? Yeah, I needed a little more of a. A, a palate cleanser to get from that to that, but I did it. I managed to get, it. and then Billy Joel did his new song, and it was all in all, it was kind of a flat night. I'd say it was a little bit off, but you know who looked really hot? Yetta Gibson from Channel Three. She did the red carpet before in a black leather dress. Yetta, bringing it. it. Oh. She's got Schwarzenegger arms, but uh, Yetta looked apart. Like she and they posted a bunch of pictures of her, and then they showed them on the news after the show because she didn't get. By the way, Yetta went over there and didn't get any interviews. Didn't get any shut down. No, she, they did just a series of her screaming at celebrities as they walked by her. Did like no, and, and, and Lenny Kravitz looked back like, eh, uh, nah, like just kept walking. <laughs> That's awesome. Yetta looked good though, and then so Yetta just went out there and took pictures of herself and smoke show. Nice job, Yetta. 
But yeah, the Grammys were, uh, ultimately, they're almost always kind of like, meh. Who was the host this year? Trevor Noah. Okay. It's four years in a row. Oh. Super safe Trevor Noah. It was okay. It was, you know, there were some moments for sure. Uh, but the best thing, you know what's sad? The best thing about the Grammys now is the in memoriam when they say who's been dying for the last year or so. And then they play songs and they had Stevie Wonder sing with Tony Bennett on this kind of back and forth uh, video thing. And Stevie was live. Obviously, Tony wasn't. Um, just a bunch of cool. Like little tribute back and forth. Uh, um, what's her name from the Arrhythmics? Annie Lennox sang the uh, Sinead O'Connor one. She starts crying. Like, I missed that one. Real. That was pretty. It was pretty good. I like the death. I like the death segment the most. And right in the middle of it, I wished one of my African American friends would have busted through the door. Oh, wait! Like, oh, <laughs> this is great. World just better when somebody opens the door and starts dancing. When awesome. Fantasia did uh, Proud Mary, yeah, that was weird. I didn't think she was. I didn't think that was very good. Crowd went crazy, but it's it was not what it was. Just like if Tina was out of shape, is what I saw. She can sing, but don't do the moves. And my girl Dua Lipa shouldn't dance. That's I. I always just just stand there and be Dua Lipa. You're amazing. Just have sex with the microphone. Yes, that's yeah. Stand grind on it. stuff, yeah. but mm-hmm. stop moving around. You, you're a terrible dancer. Uh, yeah. So. I got some homework to do. I got to go to high school and get this together. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? 585-9800. A good one. We'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 